Welcome to Your Gal Friday, a podcast about female leaders, innovators, and rule breakers. Each week, your hosts, Kate and Phoebe, will shine a spotlight on an amazing gal and talk about what we can all learn from her. Brought to you by Gal's Guide to the Galaxy. Welcome to Your Gal Friday. I'm Kate Chaplin. And I'm Phoebe Freer. Today we are delighted because we have in studio our first guest. Joining us is a gal who is a professional photographer and author who enjoys allowing pictures and words to tell a story. With four books available and a fifth one underway, she allows her words to paint an image. She has been inspired by online gaming and writes about her adventures and experiences and gives them fresh life and the ability to travel in the pages of a new medium. Known in the publishing world as E.M. Freer, welcome your gal, Beth Freer. Yay! Yay. Thank you. (laughs) So, hi, Mom. Hi, honey. (laughs) Well, um, so we're going to start off with, I'm going to ask you the first question. So, Mom, where'd you grow up? Well, that's funny. I don't think I did grow up, but where I was born was Colorado Springs at the Air Force Base. And then I moved to Colorado, uh, Denver, Colorado, where my brother was born, and then learned to talk in Alabama when we decided that, uh, yeah, it's time to move when my brother, Mama, can I have a knife? So we moved to Virginia, <laughs> which is a little less draw. And then I got married and moved to Pennsylvania. Ta-da. <laughs> That's so But funny. we've been all over the place. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Very cool and very well-traveled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> military will do that yes yes it will <laughs> my husband was uh raised in a military family too so i always am in awe of all the different places he has been <laughs> totally. dad had a lot of different places that i would not have ex- i would not expected him to have been gotcha so was <laughs> there any encouragement in the arts as you were growing up we had a lot of encouragement in that we were well, I guess it was more for, let's get the uh, kids something to do with themselves. So we did uh, the children's choir at church, uh, the after-school programs and that kind of thing. And going into private schools, they didn't have a whole lot of choice but to be involved in the choir. Because that, you know, little tiny school, you kind of have to do it. Uh, everybody's involved. It doesn't matter if you're talented. <laughs> Uh, but, right. then, <laughs> but then in high school, I just took it and ran with it. That's awesome. Very cool. Love it. <laughs> I was had drama, choir. The photography was kind of one of those things that I picked up a camera from my dad and just would shoot things that if it was sitting still, I would shoot it. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Well, some so. things didn't sit still. And but then most you shoot it anyway, you know. Yeah. Because you're rebellious, at least so I've heard. I mean. A little bit, maybe. Little. Wait a minute. How did you hear this? <laughs> what? I only, I only like lived in your house for 20 years. Oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> so, mom, tell us about your schooling. What did you go to school for? <laughs> I went and what to... did you actually get <laughs> from school? <laughs> I went to college for... Christian education with a minor in missions. Um, I ended up with my MRS. AKA 
Mrs. Degree. My Mrs. I know. I love the Mrs. Degree. <laughs> Just in case <laughs> other Mrs. people don't know, I love I love um that story because it's so funny to me. Because I'm like, yeah, my mom got her MRS degree, and they're like, oh, that sounds really impressive. Like, yeah, it is. She got married. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot more popular, you know, popularly known and being like, oh yes, okay, so that means where you met your husband. <laughs> right. Right. <totally>. Exactly. <laughs> well, we, you know, you go to a Bible college, and it's always teased. This is so and so bridal college. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> oh, I love it. So yeah, I went for my MRS. Good job. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I like it. So, well, as a kid, were you creative as a kid? I had the greatest imagination. It was awesome. My my teddy bears and I, we made up some crazy stories. Now, they aren't going to tell you very many of them, but the rest of, uh, yeah, my, <laughs> my stuffed animals have a lot of stories to tell. <laughs> awesome. That's fantastic. So, like, what was the first story, Mom, that you've ever written? Yeah. Okay, the first, like the first story. Th- the first story you've ever, like, physically wrote down. First story I wrote as opposed to the first story I've told. Right. The told ones were to my stuffed animals when I was young and growing up. I mean, very little, where I could barely talk and my, my stuffed animals got all sorts of stories. But the first one that I wrote was for a creative writing class when I was in... Uh, was a junior in high school. I took a creative writing. Well, I started out in chemistry and was failing by the first half of the year. So instead of continuing with chemistry, I dropped it and took creative writing instead. It was the best thing I ever did. Very cool. I loved my creative writing class too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, creative writing class is basically the best thing ever. (laughs) Well, I don't, Mm -hmm. my mind doesn't do numbers, but it certainly does creative. Totally. Yeah. I get that from you then. (laughs) Pardon? I get that from you. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> thanks. I love how there's a thanks on the end of that. That's beautiful. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so when did you get married and when did you have kids? We got married in January 1990 and Jamin was born in 92. And what's her name over here was born in 94. <laughs> okay, I tease her a lot because she was like drugged when she had me. So she has to think really hard when when you're like, when was Phoebe born? I don't know. She, I was drugged. <laughs> to be fair, I was drugged really bad with both of them. So I don't remember no. actually being there for either one of them. They keep telling me I was. I'm assuming that's to be true. (laughs) But I honestly couldn't tell you. It's really funny. (laughs) Adorable. Oh my gosh. (laughs) When were you born? I don't know. Uh, Something. What was the date? Couldn't tell you. I have no clue. It's like, oh, you were there. You should know. (laughs) Somebody somebody was there. They tell me I was. I don't know. (laughs) There's paperwork somewhere. Yeah, you know. Whatever. (laughs) <laughs> I went in, came back out with a child. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah, happy now. exactly. Right. <laughs> that doesn't happen every day. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, mom, what is your career background like? Um, tell me more about the photography and what you actually got into. Well, I started out a waitress, and uh, that didn't work very well because um, I like to test out gravity, apparently. So I came home and mom said, what is it that you really want to do? And 
the only thing I could come up with was to take pictures. And she's like, so what are you doing sitting here? Go get it. So I did. I went and uh, Olin Mills was the first, the first photography place that I went and applied to. And I was after it. I walked in and the, the manager that I talked to, it was like, this is my job. So you may as well just hire me now. So That's he did. Awesome. Oh my gosh. And I worked there from August to December, got married in January, and then moved from Olin Mills to the Sears Portrait Studio, oh. which again, it was, in, you know, it was one of those things where I walked in and said, this is my job, so you may as well just hire me. <laughs> and they did. Nice. I think they were a little desperate too, but that's okay. <laughs> you can take it when you can get it, I guess. That's I love so that cool. confidence. See, totally. Like yeah, I always say yeah. That's confidence. our like motto, Kate. <laughs> it yep, was a total bluff. I had absolutely zero confidence, but well, I figured you... that I may as well. If, if you, if I believe it, maybe they'll believe it too. It worked, yes, obviously. It, absolutely. Yeah. Did you? Ha- did they train you like on site, basically for it? Yeah, that was a total on-job training. Awesome. Wait, when did you get your first camera, like for yourself? Let's see, when I was junior high school. Nice. My okay. dad got me a little point-and-shoot ah. nothing camera, but some of the pictures that came off of that thing were absolutely stunning. Nice. You know, it, honestly, it doesn't matter the equipment so long as you know what you want and what you're going to do. Yes. I mean, the equipment's helpful, but honestly, if you know what you're doing, you're you're going to get good results. I always think of a camera like a tool, basically. It's the it's the operator that makes the magic of it. It's totally. not the actual, you know, object itself uh, of the camera. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because that camera was a nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you have an Olin Mills and a Sears connection, too. Uh, we oh. got all of our family pictures done at Olin Mills every year. Uh, many of them hideous that have been, you know, tried to like, wipe away from history, uh, mostly because it was my family in it, not the photographer. It was us. Um, and then oh I gosh. worked for That's like awful. four days at JCPenney Portrait Studio. I couldn't cut it. I, I bow to you. <laughs> there was so was... many screaming children at the portrait studio. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was a photographer for almost 20 years. Wow. Yeah. Glutton yep. for punishment, I think, is what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> but, like, that's actually was my first introduction to photography and film. I started out with my mom showing me how to use a, a photography mm-hmm. camera rather than a film camera. Or, a, I mean, video camera. You know what I mean. Yeah, you gotta so start cool. somewhere. That's a right? good place to start. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Now, we have an interesting question, and I am told that it leads to a very interesting place, which is, <laughs> when did you first start playing role-playing games? I started playing Ultima Online 17 years ago. I just I had to look it up before <laughs> I came out. Uh, they just celebrated their 20th anniversary. Note. Uh-huh. Side note. <laughs> but I was playing 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband bought me the game for my birthday that that year mm-hmm. so yeah Brilliant. i'm coming up right on my t- my 17th year that's awesome that is very cool what has kept you playing this long because it's an online game there's it's more than just the single shooter kind of thing there's other people that play with me uh, it's multiplayer mm-hmm. and because it's multiplayer and because it's a role play thing there's a whole bunch of people 
I I can associate. I mean, I was just in the in game earlier, and we had a concert. It was a different one, but oh. anyway, we had a concert, and there's like twenty other people sitting there, and we're all doing and listening to the same stuff. And it's and it's twenty real people. Like it's not right. Um, mods, I guess. Right. Yeah. Now, yeah, mm. exactly. Where oh, there's 20 cool. different people. So, you know, there's characters on the screen. You mm -hmm. know, some of them are elves. Some of them are humans. Some of them are gargoyles. But behind the behind the keyboard, behind the screen, is a real person. That's awesome. Some of my best friends I've never met. <laughs> yeah. I love the community of online gaming. I think it's really cool. My, my daughters are into it. And I have a lot of friends that are into it. And honestly, I just need more free time. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's very addictive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so kind of along in the same lines of this, what inspired your first book? Oddly enough. Uh, yeah, great transition there. Because uh, my character, who is an elf pirate, is the, is the main character of the first three books. Her yeah, her name is Graylene. And... She, her stories inspired those books. Awesome. And Graylene is your character from the game, right? Correct. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit more about how Graylene started just in the game and she was like like and how the game is actually where you started writing things? Graylene is an elf pirate. We had a lot of in-game scenarios that we played out and I would come out and tell the kids what we were doing, the events that we were doing, some of the story, you know, the shenanigans that we got into. You know, we were pirate. You think when you think pirates, you think you know pirates of the Caribbean, and there was some of that. You know, there's right, right. shoots, you know, the battles and that kind of thing. But a lot of what we did, because we're just players, we were a lot more into the shenanigans than we were into the killing and. <laughs> 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 we did nice. a lot of shenanigans. Mm -hmm. I think we had more fun with the shenanigans than we did with the killing. I mean, there was one time there was a battle, and we had the navy and the pirates, and we were trying. The pirates were taking over one of the towns, and the navy decided that they had to not let us do that. But we were slaughtering the navy, and it was kind of funny. And then one of our pirates decided that it would be a whole lot of fun to turn into a chicken. <laughs> okay, I could not hold that line. <laughs> nice. What? So there's this little chicken running around killing these guys. And we're all laughing. Because <laughs> it's a chicken. <laughs> oh my gosh. And they had a hard time killing him, mainly because he was hard to hit. You can't. Right. It, the chicken was really tiny. So you couldn't target him. And you know, it's hard to look at it. It's hard, and they were laughing awfully hard, too, I'm sure. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. We won that battle, but it was by default. Yes. And <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's great. So, I'm asking these leading questions because I was kind of living with you during this point. But can you explain to listeners the writing aspect of your game? A lot of the stories and, <laughs> well, a lot of the shenanigans that we did, we'd report for, we had online oh. forums. And so it would have, you know, the Navy cap, the na captain, whatever his rank was, <laughs> the na one of the Navy guys and I would, we would write back and forth and it would, you know, he would write from the Navy perspective. I would write from the, per from the pirates 
and uh, together it would just it was a collaborative effort on that part and i just kind of for the books i kind of stole some of them mm-hmm. I, I changed the names to protect the guilty <laughs> most of the guilty <laughs> right of course but there, it was mostly collaborative efforts between navy and pirate for the forums i'm sure they're out there somewhere but i have no idea if you can even find them anymore Right, but you can actually, you can just read your books. They're not the exact things, but um, I remember when you were writing in the forums, you come back and you talk to me and Jamin about, like, here's the stories, what do you think, how would you, res- how do you think this pirate would respond to this? Or we're like, oh, okay, I don't know, just making stuff up. And then it would just, like, lead to, like, just a random conversation. And then you'd, like, write it all out, and it would just be... it. Like, they did not write in short form. It wasn't, like, a couple sentences, here's what happened, the chicken killed everybody. It was like, right. no, I'm going to explain everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we painted the pictures pretty good. They were some Brilliant. pretty long forum posts. And then she'd, like, print them out sometimes and just have them... Like, have us read them just for fun, you know? So that was cool. Ah, I love yeah. that idea. I think that's great. But I just want to make a note. Your book wasn't just the forums. Like, you wrote a book, but you already had existing things that you posted. Right. And you saved everything that you posted and then kind of built from there because you were already building your own world, your own story. Right. Right. Expounded from experience. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm so laggy. <laughs> oh, laggy. <laughs> my oh, like my computer play, at home oh. because of all the stories. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, teasing. that makes sense. Never mind. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me. <laughs> See, so what made you decide to write uh, this glorious adventure, you know, expounding upon as a novel, uh, as opposed to like short stories or a uh, screenplay or I don't know, a series of songs? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, my brain doesn't think it doesn't work in songs. Ah. So that wouldn't have even happened. Mine doesn't um, either, so I feel you. Screenplay, <laughs> it's screenplays in my head. I can see it. Uh, as far as mm-hmm. the short, well, it's tried to be a short story. Uh, it just never worked out that way. So they just kept getting longer and longer. And I tried really hard to get it to one book. Yeah. Tell us how many there are now. Three. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's, a yeah, are, it's, a yeah, it's a trilogy. It's a trilogy. Yeah. And then, no, there will not be any more gray. Can you tell us the title and brief synopsis of the trilogy? Maybe. Let's see. Um, (laughs) The first one is Black, White, and Shades of Grey. Not to be confused with Fifty Shades. Yeah, she came up with the... Okay, I can give witness to she came up with that title way before the book. See? (laughs) Just saying. Yep, there you go. (laughs) See, yeah. And it's spelled a little different because it's G-R-E-Y-Y. Right. Right. Yep. Cause, cause I'm sure it Grey helped Link. and it hurt with the popularity of the other one. <laughs> it, it certainly didn't hurt me. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> the next one is, let's see, The Gray Area and White Horses for Gray. Wow. Brilliant. I think it's interesting how it's like based off of a game, but it's also like you definitely created your own world, took lots of creative liberties, like you implemented your own stuff. I, I didn't want to have to go through copyrights or being offensive to those who are in the game totally so i completely mm-hmm. made my own little universe now the the things that are we've done the shenanigans are based on what we did in game but you know character names most of them are, most of them 
are changed to protect the guilty. Right. <laughs> Pirates, you know. Oh, it's definitely my own little world. Uh, we've created a universe that has, I mean, yes, there's fantasy characters where there's elves and there's gargoyles, uh, humans, obviously. There's creatures, tabaxis, which mm-hmm. I think are my favorite. Yeah, mine too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're cats. Now, not being oh. a cat person, that says something because they're awesome. But nice. yeah, the tabaxis are awesome. Yeah. And you definitely like created your own lore on top of what information you were already given. Right. Yeah. Because some of the That's lore amazing. I just didn't have. Right. I love inspiration and jumping off points and then having it basically become its own, you know, unique thing that can be built and built and built upon. I think that's awesome. Totally. Oh, yeah. We went crazy with that. Give me an inch. I'll take a mile or two. Do it. I love it. (laughs) So this is something that I didn't even think about until we were talking about J.K. Rowling, where she, J.K., uses two initials. They're not even her initials, but like she, it's J.K. Rowling instead of Joanne. You know, and you are E.M. Freer instead of Beth Freer or Elizabeth Freer. So I was wondering, because like I never thought to ask this before, what made you decide to do- go with E.M. Freer? It's kind of funny that that has never come up <laughs> because honestly, <laughs> yes, right? uh, the inspiration came from a movie that I saw with Kathleen Turner, which is also <gasps> based off of a book, V.I. Warshawski. Yes! I love that movie so much. Oh my yes, gosh. I loved it too. And it just the, made the whole stay. point, oh. the, the whole point of having her use her initials was that you're in a man's world, and so not mm-hmm. to be confused and looked down upon because you're a woman trying to do this. She used her initials instead. Yes. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. I know. <laughs> I oh, that is the perfect so, inspiration I've to used, use I mean, initials. I, I don't remember when the movie came out, but it was before I started taking pictures. So ah. I, that's what I used when I was taking pictures. That's right. And it just kind of carried on into the books. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Gosh. It came out in 1991 and it has been out of print for many years, which makes me sad. Because <laughs> right. oh, I don't, sad. I never, I never bought it. I never owned it except for videotape, which then went dead. Uh, but oh, yes, I love, man. I love that movie. So woo. And it's based on of it's based on a series of books. That's right. From oh, uh, Siri, Sarah, Parent Sky. Yes. Yes. Based on the Iwasowski. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> my mom's cool. <laughs> that's cool. So, uh, so when did you finish the the first book? Oh, good grief! It took me four years to write the first one. Four years to get the first one. That yeah, that sounds yeah. Four years it to sounds get the totally first one. normal. And then the second and third were like boom, boom, right after one another, and it took me a year to get the two. Right. So they were right there. The first one's always harder because it's world building. Right. Well, that and I was kind of pro- procrastinating a little bit. You self-published, right? Correct. What made you decide to go with self-publishing, and how was that experience like to you? The self-publishing was kind of an afterthought. The push to finish the first book was a publishing house said that they were having an open publish and the deadline was October or something, whatever. 
while I was close to finish, but not quite. So it inspired me to get off my hiney and move. Nice. So sent it in. I actually got rejected. So I do actually have a rejection letter from a publishing house. <laughs> right. Oh, That's yes. It's better than yes. not having anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. See? In my opinion. There, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think sometimes there's still that stigma that, oh, you're self-published. You didn't actually get, yeah. you, you didn't earn your chops, which is fine. And it's not true. I have done it too. You know, I, I have my rejection letter. I know what it feels like. That's okay. Um, mm-hmm. That inspired the other avenue because my husband knew that a rejection could very well make me stop writing and there was still plenty of things to write. Right. So instead of mm-hmm. um, taking the rejection and just stopping, he's like, keep on going. And he had, he, he actually did it on his own. And well, he went to the self-publishing thing and made the book and had it sent home to where I actually had the book in hand. Oh. And he says, by the way, this is published. <laughs> it's, oh, wow. it's available. It's out there. People can start buying it. And here's your first copy. Hot off the press. That's amazing. Yeah, Yay. it was kind of crazy. How did it feel to hold, to physically hold the book in your hands the first time? Oh, that was so awesome. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Yes. Okay. I, yes. I, I think that's what made it, the other two come so quickly. Yes, it does. Mm. It really does. So, that makes yeah, a I lot of that sense. Was... It's an incredible feeling to have something in your head, then all of a sudden on a page in a tangible on form. On paper. It's real. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can I can touch it, I can feel it, I can. It smells good. Mm-hmm. You Very can sign it, experience. and it'll be worth I more money. I can sign it. <laughs> <laughs> I sign it in Sharpie on the cover. I yes. So then you started working on the second and third books. How you said that those came quickly? I mean, in other words, they were published quicker than the time frame to do the first one. Did they come? easier to you having already kind of established the world um, oh yeah with the second and third oh yeah they they the world was already there the story was there it just kind of poured out i think it was one mm-hmm. of those don't talk to me right now i'm writing oh my gosh yeah <laughs> i can i'll second that <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm pretty sure that oh, there yes. was a lot of things that i missed because i was writing my, i mean i think i caught my keyboards on fire a couple of times because i was just <laughs> flying away that's awesome so once you got done with the trilogy, you wrote a fourth book, and it was a completely different genre. So tell us a little bit about that. What was your fourth book, first of all, and what made you switch genres? Well, the fourth book was supposed to be a steampunk. It was originally supposed to be changing gears because, well, I was changing gears. Uh, it's not how it ended up. It's not necessarily historical, although there's history involved. It's more era fiction as opposed to historical fiction, because I am real loose with facts. <laughs> I, I take a lot of liberties. A lot That's of what liberties. writers get to do. I love it. <laughs> hey, I, I can create my own world. I can change history. Totally. Yep. So tell us how you did, though. Tell us. Can you give us like a brief little synopsis of it? Because this is pretty fascinating to me because you you went from fantasy to this tell us a little bit about that forget me not k-n-o-t is the fourth book and it was inspired by a tv show (laughs) a cipher actually which is kind of silly um it's a siddly cipher and basically what you do is you wrap a piece of cloth or paper or something 
around, uh, like in this case, it was a baseball bat. You wrap it around and then you put on your message and then you take off the uh, the paper or the bandage or whatever it is. And somebody has the baseball bat and the other person gets the cloth or the, the wrap. But without the two components together, you have no, it's just nothing. Uh -huh. But when you put them together and they're done right, you have this whole message. That's what inspired the book. Go figure. That's so cool. I love how inspiration comes from anywhere. I just, I adore it. <laughs> I have a book that I'm working on that was inspired by a TV commercial. Oh my gosh, yes. That was nice. so cool, though. Yeah. I'm yeah. super biased, though, because, like, we both saw the commercial. I was like, Mom, this is cool. And she's like, Phoebe, come look at this. I'm like, yeah, I know. I don't know what to do about it. <laughs> it's pretty twisty and kind of sinister, but the commercial was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so how was it switching to a different genre? Twisty. Was it twisty? Yeah, because... Because I had to actually follow some kind of line, uh, mm. there was a little, there was a few more rules that I had to pay attention to. And because I was using real people, I really had mm -hmm. to be a little bit more careful with it, you know, and right. try to tie threads. You know, I went from Richmond to Virginia to Richmond, California to Richmond, Tasmania, and I had to make sure that those places actually exist. Yeah. Which, yeah, by yeah. the way, they do. Yeah, they do. Awesome. Which is cool. <laughs> I've been to Richmond, uh, Virginia and Richmond, California. Have not been to the Tasmania one yet. <laughs> yes. I was to the Tasmania one. We drove through it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, that was what that was the other thing that inspired that particular book was going to Tasmania and actually being there personally. Yes. I wanted to make a story about it. Tasmania's in Australia, by the way. That gives me hope for um, all of my travels because I, I've been I traveled a lot last year, but I haven't written anything about it yet. It's been like I feel like it's it's not it's been too long or it's not fresh enough to write about it. But like you waited years to, before you wrote about it. Yeah, I went to Tasmania when I was in high school. I was between my junior and senior year of high school, and wow. I just wrote about it what a couple years ago. Yeah. That's so cool. So, Yay. yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> I, I think every place that you go and almost to a certain extent, every person you meet plants a seed. Oh, you my gosh. You just yeah. don't know what it's going to bloom into. Right. right. It's so fascinating to me because like there's some I feel like there's so much in my head right now and I'm like not mm -hmm. giving it an outlet. I don't but I'm like worried it won't stay or something. I don't know. Well, maybe it's not done blooming yet is the other part, too. Ooh, that's true. Maybe I love how germinating. we learn things about ourselves on these podcasts. This I is know, like right? A constant learning experience. <laughs> yes, as it should be. <laughs> right? Yes. So, Mom, what is your writing process? And was it different with the two different genres? Nope. The writing process is the same. I am a visual person. If I can't see it, I can't put it on paper. So... Generally speaking, it doesn't even matter what project I'm working on. I dream it. Oh, Sometimes nice. that's fun. <laughs> Sometimes not so much. Right. So if I can't see the image or see the scene in my head, it doesn't even register on paper. Right. It, it comes out a bunch of scattered words. and Not even words. that are just scattered random letters that don't really look much like anything. <laughs> 
do you have like a system that you go through? Like, do you have something that you do to help yourself see it? And then a process of like, at first I see it, then I write it. Or do you do like outlines? I have a whole collection of notebooks and journals on my bookshelf that when something inspires, I see something on TV or I, you know, you know, I'll look downtown and watch people or whatever. That's where I make my notes and books don't generally go from front to back or from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's scenes just jump in the middle and I have to make sure, you know, try to figure out how is this going to work and where is it going to fit? It's got to fit in there someplace. I just have no idea where. <laughs> so the, the journals, I write pen and paper so nice. that, you know, they're in there. They're just not in order. So when I sit at the keyboard, that's when I can take my journal and, oh, this is, that's the story I wanted to put. This is the scene I mm. wanted to do. But they are never in order. I, I think of it sometimes as a patchwork and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Totally. Oh, it's definitely a patchwork. Mm -hmm. And everybody's process is a little different and things that work for people are like, I feel like in school we're taught so much about it's all like structure, structure, structure. If you don't do it this mm -hmm. way, you're not doing it right. But I feel like that type of thinking can like hinder you from writing. So it's comforting to hear like different styles of people's processes. Yeah, yep. absolutely. My brain doesn't work in order. <laughs> I'm way yeah. too random. With um with being more um visually focused, do you even um, you know, look at images either on the internet or in photo books to find inspiration in images? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Awesome. Uh Pinterest was a real good friend of mine for a little while. I yeah. got like costumes ideas and uh face ideas, that kind of stuff. Perfect. Like, when I'm describing, there's, um, for Gray, there's a couple of things in their book that I saw pictures and looked it up where they're actual things, you know, it's real life, honest to goodness, this is real, you can go and find it. Um, like the walking tree, Like the example? walking trees, the, there's the oh. scene with butterflies. Now, granted, I had to put my twist on it, of so course. the walking trees are a little bit more sinister than what <laughs> <laughs> you know they're they've got a mind of their own but that's okay yeah visual visual cues end up in the book someplace and nice. generally speaking it's a real thing that just kind of happens and takes on a life of its own and you yeah. watch like the discovery channel and stuff like that a lot right for inspiration uh well it wasn't necessarily for inspiration but it happened you know inspiration happened <laughs> yeah there was quite a few things like uh there, there's a story that's got the Nephilim and Stonehenge is one of the inspirations with that. That'll be fun. Cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's like a future book, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, gotcha. it's, on, it, it's one of the journals on the bookshelf. Right. <laughs> so this might be a very quick question, but did your uh, writing process change a lot when you changed genres? Or did it nope. stay kind of visual focus? <laughs> it stayed. It stayed pretty much the same. Makes total sense to me. <laughs> so, do you have authors that inspire you or that you love or uh, think back to? Frank Peretti was really good as far as allowing the creative and allowing the visual inspiration to sit. Um, C.S. Lewis with the Chronicles of Narnia, mm -hmm. obviously. Yeah. And uh, oddly enough, Janet Ivanovich. Oh, uh, yeah. 
which she's just I guess she would be called a dime store novel I'm not even sure how you would qualify her but her little mysteries were so much fun and oh absolutely inspired a lot of fun and she was she was fun to read and yeah that's those are the ones that I got yay yeah oh absolutely I love that um so what is something that you learned about yourself uh through your writing that's an interesting question I learned a lot that what I have in my head is not necessarily a bad thing good Uh, yeah awesome you know the things that go on in my head are twisty some of them are dark and sinister but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing right that's so awesome that's a big life lesson I absolutely love that and mm-hmm. this is something we always do on the show too and right. uh, generally it's kind of like what did me and Phoebe learn while we research sort of thing totally. so it's awesome when we get to do an interview and we get to just straight ask what have you learned right and we can ask the actual person who we're covering <laughs> like hey what did you learn about yourself ask straight from the source instead of asking <laughs> you know researching what does google have to say about you i don't know (laughs) fact mom should we should we fact check everything you just said no No, not at all (laughs) well i mean you can if you'd like i'm not sure what google will have to say (laughs) um so along the same lines what's something that you've learned about life in general not just your life but life as a whole from writing there's a lot of interesting characters and if we choose to see the world in the in the light of characters, then we get to see things differently. We were a little bit more gracious when we can see people as a character and not just a stagnant, you know, the, the 2D model that walks in front of us. We're complex creatures. And if we don't remember that, then we lose focus on what we're doing here. Absolutely. That's so cool. You know what? And also, uh, each week for the show, we usually have a meme that has a quote. I I think you just said our quote for the week. I think so. Yeah. Good job being quotable, Mom. Hashtag quotable. Oh, that's brilliant. (laughs) Hashtag quote. Exactly. A lot of interesting characters in the world. Absolutely. I think that's magical. It's so good. Yes. Yes. So the other thing we talk about um, on the show, too, is legacy. And legacy mm-hmm. is so it's so difficult to even know when you're in the midst of it sort of thing. And a lot of times people don't want to think about their own legacy. That almost right. seems, ooh, too showboaty or anything like that. But it is important because we do, we touch a lot of people. And so it's how do we want to kind of keep inspiring people? Um, so what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? That was kind of a heady question because it's, you're right. It's one of those things. What exactly do I leave? I know that I leave a mark, you know, Mm. can't help that. If you're walking the earth, you're going to leave one. But what's the, what's the legacy? I want to have the idea that my quirky creative freedom just to be. Yes. Can spread to others and let them have the permission to be and to love. But to be is the biggest thing. You know, we, we, we focus so much on, oh, I got to do, I got to do. You miss mm-hmm. being. Yeah. So that's that's what I'd like to leave. And, and the ability to, you know, follow your heart, follow your passion. Oh, and also boxes are for presents, not for people. Oh. <laughs> Very nice. 
I thought that this was an interesting question to ask you, like, as your child, because um, a lot of parents are like, oh, my my children are my legacy, and I don't need to think about it more than that. And I think it's an interesting point, but I also want to know, like, you're a person, too. You know, you're not, you're not just... You're not just your children. You're you're you. You know what I mean. So I think, I personally think it's cool hearing you talk about it because it's like, oh, I'm, I can be me. You can be you, and we can leave our own our own things behind. You know. I, I was taught that our children, we raise to go away. <laughs> so uh-huh. if I've done my job right, then you're going to be your own independent person, and you're going to follow your passions and your and your dreams. You don't want to follow mine. You want to follow yours. So if I've done what I'm supposed to do, then you have dreams and you have a passion and you're able to pursue it with vigor and hold on to it and grab hold of it. And that's what I want. That's what I want to inspire you as my child, but also others around me. Totally. I love that. Yeah. So with your books and with everything, what what kind of legacy do you think you're creating? Are you you, um, reaching your goals, I guess? I think so. Um, I hope so. Follow the things that make your heart sing. Totally. You know, that's what Gray did. She followed what made her heart sing. It it took a twist, but she followed her heart. At the end, at the end of the day, she followed where she was supposed to go. And if you're following your passions and you're following what makes your heart sing, then you're doing a good thing. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, And we have one final question. Uh, which is totally uh, selfish of us to ask. (laughs) But we're going to ask anyway. (laughs) But we're going to ask it anyway, because we're so utterly curious. You are a big fan of the show. You have always been lovingly liking and loving and sharing all of our stuff on Your Gal Friday uh, on Facebook. Do you have a favorite Your Gal Friday episode? I have. Yeah. Bessie Coleman is, is one of my favorites. Now, I have the podcast as well as the uh, Facebook posts, mm-hmm. but Bessie Coleman is by far my favorite. She was pretty oh. impressive. She was pretty impressive. She was very cool. She definitely mm-hmm. tugs at my heartstrings. I adored learning about her. After me and Kate were done talking about Bessie, we were like, okay, we need to do more with Bessie now. Like, she's, we're mm-hmm. not done with her yet, you know? She's a pretty impressive lady. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that is brilliant. Yay. Phoebe, do you have any other questions that you thought of? Knowing the show, knowing your Gal Friday, most of the gals we cover, we don't actually get to talk to in person because for whatever reason. So since you're actually on the show with us, I was wondering, um, since you could add your own input, is there anything you would want people to know about you that only you can tell us that like i can't google it you know what i mean Mm. huh that's a good question (laughs) no pressure (laughs) no pressure (laughs) yeah you can't google me like i guess you could million hundred years when people are learning about 21st century authors and they've happened upon this podcast they're like oh i want to learn more about beth freer or em freer What's something you want them to to know? I do not know. <laughs> huh. Or about writing. Writing? Mm-hmm. See the picture, write the picture. Oh, I love that. And there's no such thing as a right or wrong way to do things. Because I can't follow a, a, an outline to save my life. 
the story is going to do what the story is going to do. And if you follow the story, it will come out fine. Don't try to fight the story. The muses are fickle. So when they're hanging around, use them and embrace them and you know work with them as hard as you can while they're there. Because when they're gone, it's gone. And it's gone until they decide to come back again. So when the inspiration hits, jump on it. Don't wait. Do it. I love that. Yay. Yes. Well, I want to thank Beth. Thank you so much for being our first in-studio guest. I hope you had a great time. <laughs> this was fun. Thank you. Yay. Yes. Awesome. We're absolutely delighted. So we will have more about Beth, including links to her books on galsguide.org. We let Beth speak to us for this podcast to be the quote. <laughs> So that you had her own words throughout. Because normally we end on a quote, but we right. have had your glorious words throughout the episode. So thank you so much for listening. Till next time. For more information about this week's gal or to check out our previous episodes, visit galsguide.org. To support the show, visit the Gals Guide Patreon page. We've got great perks like behind the scenes, early access, and private live streams. Thank you so much for subscribing to Your Gal Friday.